book twenty three of pierre or the ambiguities by herman melville this librivox recording is in the public domain a letter from pierre isabel arrival of lucy's easel and trunks at the apostles chapter one if a frontier man be seized by wild indians and carried far and deep into the wilderness and there held a captive with no slightest probability of eventual deliverance then the wisest thing for that man is to exclude from his memory by every possible method the least images of those beloved objects now forever reft from him for the more delicious they were to him in the now departed possession so much the more agonizing shall they be in the present recalling and though a strong man may sometimes succeed in strangling such tormenting memories yet if in the beginning permitted to encroach upon him unchecked the same man shall in the end become as an idiot with a continent and an ocean between him and his wife thus sundered from her by whatever imperative cause for a term of long years the husband if passionately devoted to her and by nature broodingly sensitive of soul is wise to forget her till he embrace her again is wise never to remember her if he hear of her death and though such complete suicidal forgettings prove practically impossible yet is it the shallow and ostentatious affections alone which are bustling in the offices of obituarian memories the love deep as death what mean those five words but that such love cannot live and be continually remembering that the loved one is no more if it be thus then in cases where entire unremorsefulness as regards the beloved absent objects is presumed how much more intolerable when the knowledge of their hopeless wretchedness occurs attended by the visitations of before latent upbraidings in the rememberer as having been anyway even unwillingly the producers of their sufferings there seems no other sane recourse for some moody organizations on whom such things under such circumstances intrude but right and left to flee them whatever betide if little or nothing hitherto has been said of lucy tartan in reference to the condition of pierre after his departure from the meadows it has only been because her image did not willingly occupy his soul he had striven his utmost to banish it thence and only once on receiving the tidings of glenn's renewed attentions did he remit the intensity of those strivings or rather feel them as impotent in him in that hour of his manifold and overwhelming prostration not that the pale form of lucy swooning on her snow-white bed not that the inexpressible anguish of the shriek my heart my heart would not now at times force themselves upon him and cause his whole being to thrill with a nameless horror and terror but the very thrillingness of the phantom made him to shun it with all remaining might of his spirit nor were there wanting still other and far more wonderful though but dimly conscious influences in the breast of pierre to meet as repellents the imploring form not to speak of his being devoured by the all-exacting theme of his book there were sinister preoccupations in him of a still subtler and more fearful sort of which some inklings have already been given 
it was while seated solitary in his room one morning his flagging faculties seeking a momentary respite his head sideways turned toward the naked floor following the seams in it which as wires led straight from where he sat to the connecting door and disappeared beneath it into the chamber of isabel that he started at a tap at that very door followed by the wonted low sweet voice pierre a letter for thee dost thou hear a letter may i come in at once he felt a dart of surprise and apprehension for he was precisely in that general condition with respect to the outer world that he could not reasonably look for any tidings but disastrous or at least unwelcome ones he assented and isabel entered holding out the billet in her hand tis from some lady pierre who can it be not thy mother though of that i am certain the expression of her face as seen by me not at all answering to the expression of this handwriting here my mother from my mother muttered pierre in wild vacancy no no it can scarce be from her oh she writes no more even in her own private tablets now death hath stolen the last leaf and rubbed all out to scribble his own ineffaceable hic yacket there pierre cried isabel in a fright give it me he shouted vehemently extending his hand forgive me sweet sweet isabel i have wandered in my mind this book makes me mad there i have it now in a tone of indifference now leave me again it is from some pretty aunt or cousin i suppose carelessly balancing the letter in his hand isabel quitted the room the moment the door closed upon her pierre eagerly split open the letter and read chapter two this morning i vowed it my own dearest dearest pierre i feel stronger to-day for to-day i have still more thought of thine own superhuman angelical strength which so has a very little been transferred to me o oh, pierre pierre with what words shall i write thee now now when still knowing nothing yet something of thy secret i as a seer suspect grief deep unspeakable grief hath made me this seer i could murder myself pierre when i think of my previous blindness but that only came from my swoon it was horrible and most murdersome but now i see thou wert right in being so instantaneous with me and in never afterward writing to me pierre yes now i see it and adore thee the more ah thou too noble and angelical pierre now i feel that a being like thee can possibly have no love as other men love but thou lovest as angels do not for thyself but wholly for others but still are we one pierre thou art sacrificing thyself and i hasten to retie myself to thee that so i may catch thy fire and all the ardent multitudinous arms of our common flames may embrace i will ask of thee nothing pierre thou shalt tell me no secret very right wert thou pierre when in that ride to the hills thou wouldst not swear the fond foolish oath i demanded very right very right now i see it if then i solemnly vow never to seek from thee any slightest thing which thou wouldst not willingly have me know if ever i in all outward actions shall recognize just as thou dost the peculiar position of that mysterious and ever sacred being then may i not come and live with thee i will be no encumbrance to thee i know just where thou art and how thou art living and only just there pierre and only just so is any further life endurable or possible for me 
she will never know for thus far i am sure thou thyself hast never disclosed it to her what i once was to thee let it seem as though i were some nun-like cousin immovably vowed to dwell with thee in thy strange exile show not to me never show more any visible conscious token of love i will never to thee our mortal lives o oh, my heavenly pierre shall henceforth be one mute wooing of each other with no declaration no bridal till we meet in the pure realms of god's final blessedness for us till we meet where the ever interrupting and ever marring world cannot and shall not come where all thy hidden glorious unselfishness shall be gloriously revealed in the full splendour of that heavenly light where no more force to these cruelest disguises she she too shall assume her own glorious place nor take it hard but rather feel the more blessed when there thy sweet heart shall be openly and unreservedly mine pierre pierre my pierre only this thought this hope this sublime faith now supports me well was it that the swoon in which thou didst lead me that long eternity ago well was it dear pierre that though i came out of it to stare and grope yet it was only to stare and grope and then i swooned again and then groped again and then again swooned but all this was vacancy little i clutched nothing i knew twas less than a dream my pierre i had no conscious thought of thee love but felt an utter blank a vacancy for wert thou not then utterly gone from me and what could there then be left of poor lucy but now this long long swoon is past i come out again into life and light but how could i come out how could i anyway be my pierre if not in thee so the moment i came out of the long long swoon straightway came to me the immortal faith in thee which though it could offer no one slightest possible argument of mere sense in thy behalf yet was it only the more mysteriously imperative for that my pierre know then dearest pierre that with every most glaring earthly reason to disbelieve in thy love i do yet wholly give myself up to the unshakable belief in it for i feel that always is love love and cannot know change pierre i feel that heaven hath called me to a wonderful office toward thee by throwing me into that long long swoon during which martha tells me i hardly ate altogether three ordinary meals by that heaven i feel now was preparing me for the superhuman office i speak of was wholly estranging me from this earth even while i yet lingered in it was fitting me for a celestial mission in terrestrial elements o oh, give to me of thine own dear strength i am but a poor weak girl dear pierre one that didst once love thee but too fondly and with earthly frailty but now i shall be wafted far upward from that shall soar up to thee where thou sittest in thine own calm sublime heaven of heroism o oh, seek not to dissuade me pierre wouldst thou slay me and slay me a million times more and never have done with murdering me i must come i must come god himself cannot stay me for it is he that commands me i know all that will follow my flight to thee my amazed mother my enraged brothers the whole taunting and despising world but thou art my mother and my brothers and all the world and all heaven and all the universe to me thou art my pierre one only being does this soul in me serve and that is thee pierre so i am coming to thee pierre and quickly to-morrow it shall be and never more will i quit thee pierre speak thou immediately to her about me thou shalt know best what to say is there not some connection between our families pierre i have heard my mother sometimes trace such a thing out some indirect cousinship if thou approvest then thou shalt say to her i am thy cousin pierre 
thy resolved and immovable nun-like cousin vowed to dwell with thee forever to serve thee and her to guard thee and her without end prepare some little corner for me somewhere but let it be very near ere i come i shall send a few little things the tools i shall work by pierre and so contribute to the welfare of all look for me then i am coming i am coming my pierre for a deep deep voice assures me that all noble as thou art pierre some terrible jeopardy involves thee which my continual presence only can drive away i am coming i am coming lucy chapter three when surrounded by the base and mercenary crew man too long wanted to eye his race with a suspicious disdain suddenly is brushed by some angelical plume of humanity and the human accents of superhuman love and the human eyes of superhuman beauty and glory suddenly burst on his being then how wonderful and fearful the shock it is as if the sky cope were rent and from the black belly of jehoshaphat he caught upper glimpses of the seraphim in the visible act of adoring he held the artless angelical letter in his unrealizing hand he started and gazed round his room and out at the window commanding the bare desolate all-forbidding quadrangle and then asked himself whether this was the place that an angel should choose for its visit to earth then he felt a vast outswelling triumphantness that the girl whose rare merits his intuitive soul had once so clearly and passionately discerned should indeed in this most tremendous of all trials have acquitted herself with such infinite majesty then again he sunk utterly down from her as in a bottomless gulf and ran shuddering through hideous galleries of despair in pursuit of some vague white shape and lo two unfathomable dark eyes met his and isabel stood mutely and mournfully yet all ravishingly before him he started up from his plank cast off his manifold wrappings and crossed the floor to remove himself from the spot where such sweet such sublime such terrific revelations had been made him then a timid little rap was heard at the door pierre pierre now that thou art risen may i not come in just for a moment pierre come in isabel she was approaching him in her wonted most strange and sweetly mournful manner when he retreated a step from her and held out his arm not seemingly to invite but rather as if to warn she looked fixedly in his face and stood rooted isabel another is coming to me thou dost not speak isabel she is coming to dwell with us so long as we live isabel wilt thou not speak the girl still stood rooted the eyes which she had first fixed on him still remained wide openly riveted wilt thou not speak isabel said pierre terrified at her frozen immovable aspect yet too terrified to manifest his own terror to her and still coming slowly near her she slightly raised one arm as if to grasp some support then turned her head slowly sideways toward the door by which she had entered then her dry lips slowly parted my bed lay me lay me the verbal effort broke her stiffening enchantment of frost her thawed form sloped sidelong into the air but pierre caught her and bore her into her own chamber and laid her there on the bed fan me fan me he fanned the fainting flame of her life by and by she turned slowly toward him oh that feminine word from thy mouth dear pierre that she that she pierre sat silent fanning her oh i want none in the world but thee my brother but thee but thee and oh god am i not enough for thee bare earth with my brother were all heaven for me but all my life all my full soul contents not my brother pierre spoke not but he listened a terrible burning curiosity was in him that made him as heartless but still all that she had said thus far was ambiguous had i known had i but known it before oh bitterly cruel to reveal it now that she that she she raised herself suddenly and almost fiercely confronted him 
either thou hast told thy secret or she is not worthy the commonest love of man speak pierre which the secret is still a secret isabel then is she worthless pierre whoever she be foolishly madly fond doth not the world know me for thy wife she shall not come twere a foul blot on thee and me she shall not come one look from me shall murder her pierre this is madness isabel look now reason with me did i not before opening the letter say to thee that doubtless it was from some pretty young aunt or cousin speak quick a cousin a cousin isabel yet yet that is not wholly out of the degree i have heard tell me more and quicker more more a very strange cousin isabel almost a nun in her notions hearing of our mysterious exile she without knowing the cause hath yet as mysteriously vowed herself ours not so much mine isabel as ours ours to serve us and by some sweet heavenly fancying to guide us and guard us here then possibly it may be all very well pierre my brother my brother i can say that now any all words are thine isabel words and worlds with all their containings shall be slaves to thee isabel she looked eagerly and inquiringly at him then dropped her eyes and touched his hand then gazed again speak so more to me pierre thou art my brother art thou not my brother but tell me now more of her it is all newness and utter strangeness to me pierre i have said my sweetest sister that she has this wild nun-like notion in her she is wilful in it in this letter she vows she must and will come and nothing on earth shall stay her do not have any sisterly jealousy then my sister thou wilt find her a most gentle unobtrusive ministering girl isabel she will never name the not to be named things to thee nor hint of them because she knows them not still without knowing the secret she yet hath the big unspecializing sensation of the secret the mystical presentment somehow of the secret and her divineness hath drowned all womanly curiosity in her so that she desires not in any way to verify the presentiment content with the vague presentiment only for in that she thinks the heavenly summons to come to us lies even there in that isabel dost thou now comprehend me i comprehend nothing pierre there is nothing these eyes have ever looked upon pierre that this so comprehended ever as now do i go all agrope amid the wide mysteriousness of things yes she shall come it is only one mystery the more does she talk in her sleep here would it be well if i slept with her my brother on thy account wishful for thy sake to leave thee incommoded and and not knowing precisely how things really are she probably anticipates and desires otherwise my sister she gazed steadfastly at his outwardly firm but not interiorly unfaltering aspect and then dropped her glance in silence yes she shall come my brother she shall come but it weaves its thread into the general riddle my brother hath she that which they call the memory pierre the memory hath she that we all have the memory my sister not all not all poor belle hath but very little pierre i have seen her in some dream she is fair-haired blue eyes she is not quite so tall as i yet a very little slighter pierre started thou hast seen lucy tartan at saddle meadows is lucy tartan the name perhaps perhaps but also in the dream pierre she came with her blue eyes turned beseechingly on me she seemed as if persuading me from thee methought she was then more than thy cousin methought she was that good angel which some say hovers over every human soul and methought oh methought that i was thy other thy other angel pierre look see these eyes this hair nay this cheek all dark 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 and she the blue-eyed the fair-haired oh once the red-cheeked 
she tossed her ebon tresses over her she fixed her ebon eyes on him say pierre doth not a funerialness invest me was ever hearse so plumed o god that i had been born with blue eyes and fair hair those make the livery of heaven heard ye ever yet of a good angel with dark eyes pierre no 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 all blue 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 heaven's own blue the clear vivid unspeakable blue which we see in june skies when all clouds are swept by but the good angel shall come to thee pierre then both will be close by thee my brother and thou mayest perhaps elect elect she shall come she shall come when is it to be dear pierre to-morrow isabel so it is here written she fixed her eye on the crumpled billet in his hand it were vile to ask but not wrong to suppose the asking pierre no i need not say it wouldst thou no i would not let thee read it my sister i would not because i have no right to no right no right that is it no i have no right i will burn it this instant isabel he stepped from her into the adjoining room threw the billet into the stove and watching its last ashes returned to isabel she looked with endless intimations upon him it is burnt but not consumed it is gone but not lost through stove pipe and flue it hath mounted in flame and gone as a scroll to heaven it shall appear again my brother woe is me woe 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 is me oh woe do not speak to me pierre leave me now she shall come the bad angel shall tend the good she shall dwell with us pierre mistrust me not her considerateness to me shall be outdone by mine to her let me be alone now my brother chapter four though by the unexpected petition to enter his privacy a petition he could scarce ever deny to isabel since she so religiously abstained from preferring it unless for some very reasonable cause pierre in the midst of those conflicting secondary emotions immediately following the first wonderful effect of lucy's strange letter had been forced to put on toward isabel some air of assurance and understanding concerning its contents yet at bottom he was still a prey to all manner of devouring mysteries soon now as he left the chamber of isabel these mysteriousnesses remastered him completely and as he mechanically sat down in the dining-room chair gently offered him by delhi for the silent girl saw that some strangeness that salt stillness was in him pierre's mind was revolving how it was possible or any way conceivable that lucy should have been inspired with such seemingly wonderful presentiments of something assumed or disguising or non-substantial somewhere and somehow in his present most singular apparent position in the eye of world the wild words of isabel yet rang in his ears it were an outrage upon all womanhood to imagine that lucy however yet devoted to him in her hidden heart should be willing to come to him so long as she supposed with the rest of the world that pierre was an ordinarily married man but how what possible reason what possible intimation could she have had to suspect the contrary or to suspect anything unsound for neither at this present time nor at any subsequent period did pierre or could pierre possibly imagine that in her marvellous presentiments of love she had any definite conceit of the precise nature of the secret which so unrevealingly and enchantedly wrapped him but a peculiar thought passingly recurred to him here within his social recollections there was a very remarkable case of a youth who while all but affianced to a beautiful girl one returning his own throbbings with incipient passion became somehow casually and momentarily betrayed into an imprudent manifested tenderness toward a second lady or else that second lady's deeply concerned friends caused it to be made known to the poor youth that such committal tenderness toward her he had displayed nor had it failed to exert its natural effect upon her certain it is this second lady drooped and drooped and came nigh to dying 
all the while raving of the cruel infidelity of her supposed lover so that those agonizing appeals from so really lovely a girl that seemed dying of grief for him at last so moved the youth that morbidly disregardful of the fact that inasmuch as two ladies claimed him the prior lady had the best title to his hand his conscience insanely upbraided him concerning the second lady he thought that eternal woe would surely overtake him both here and hereafter if he did not renounce his first love terrible as the effort would be both to him and her and wed with the second lady which he accordingly did while through his whole subsequent life delicacy and honour toward his thus wedded wife forbade that by explaining to his first love how it was with him in this matter he should tranquillize her heart and therefore in her complete ignorance she believed that he was wilfully and heartlessly false to her and so came to a lunatic's death on his account this strange story of real life pierre knew to be also familiar to lucy for they had several times conversed upon it and the first love of the demented youth had been a schoolmate of lucy's and lucy had counted upon standing up with her as bridesmaid now the passing idea was self-suggested to pierre whether into lucy's mind some such conceit as this concerning himself and isabel might not possibly have stolen but then again such a supposition proved wholly untenable in the end for it did by no means suffice for a satisfactory solution of the absolute motive of the extraordinary proposed step of lucy nor indeed by any ordinary law of propriety did it at all seem to justify that step therefore he know not what to think hardly what to dream wonders nay downright miracles and no less were sung about love but here was the absolute miracle itself the outacted miracle for infallibly certain he inwardly felt that whatever her strange conceit whatever her enigmatical delusion whatever her most secret and inexplicable motive still lucy in her own virgin heart remained transparently immaculate without shadow of flaw or vein nevertheless what inconceivable conduct this was in her which she in her letter so passionately proposed altogether it amazed him it confounded him now that vague fearful feeling stole into him that rail as all atheists will there is a mysterious inscrutable divineness in the world a god a being positively present everywhere nay he is now in this room the air did part when i here sat down i displaced the spirit then condensed it a little off from this spot he looked apprehensively around him he felt overjoyed at the sight of the humanness of delhi while he was thus plunged into this mysteriousness a knock was heard at the door delhi hesitating rose shall i let any one in sir i think it is mr millthorpe's knock go and see go and see said pierre vacantly the moment the door was opened millthorpe for it was he catching a glimpse of pierre's seated form brushed past delhi and loudly entered the room ha ha well my boy how comes on the inferno that is it you are writing one is apt to look black while writing infernos you always love dante my lad i have finished ten metaphysical treatises argued five cases before the court attended all our society's meetings accompanied our great professor monsieur Vavoun, the lecturer through his circuit in the philosophical saloons sharing all the honours of his illustrious triumph and by the way let me tell you Vavoun secretly gives me even more credit than is my due for upon my soul i did not help write more than one-half at most of his lectures edited anonymously though a learned scientific work on the precise cause of the modifications in the undulatory motion in waves a posthumous work of a poor fellow fine lad he was too a friend of mine yes here i have been doing all this while you still are hammering away at that one poor plaguy 
inferno oh there's a secret in dispatching these things patience patience you will let learn the secret time time i can't teach it to you my boy but time can i wish i could but i can't there was another knock at the door oh cried millthorpe suddenly turning round to it i forgot my boy i came to tell you that there is a porter with some queer things inquiring for you i happened to meet him downstairs in the corridors and i told him to follow me up i would show him the road here he is let him in let him in good delly my girl thus far the rattlings of millthorpe if producing any effect at all had but stunned the averted pierre but now he started to his feet a man with his hat on stood in the door holding an easel before him is this mr glendinning's room gentlemen oh come in come in cried millthorpe all right oh is that you sir well well then and the man set down the easel well my boy exclaimed millthorpe to pierre you are in the inferno dream yet look that's what people call an easel my boy an easel an easel not a weasel you look at it as though you thought it a weasel come wake up wake up you ordered it i suppose and here it is going to paint and illustrate the inferno as you go along i suppose well my friends tell me it is a great pity my own things ain't illustrated but i can't afford it there now is that him to the niger which i threw into a pigeon-hole a year or two ago that would be fine for illustrations is it for mr glendinning you inquire said pierre now in a slow icy tone to the porter mr glendinning sir all right ain't it perfectly said pierre mechanically and casting another strange rapt bewildered glance at the easel but something seems strangely wanting here ay now i see i see it villain the vines thou hast torn the green heart-strings thou hast but left the cold skeleton of the sweet arbour wherein she once nestled thou besotted heartless hind and fiend thou dost thou so much as dream in thy shrivelled liver of the eternal mischief thou hast done restore thou the green vines untrample them thou accursed o oh my god my god trampled vines pounded and crushed in all fibres how can they live over again even though they be replanted curse thee thou nay nay he added moodily i was but wandering to myself then rapidly and mockingly pardon pardon porter i must humbly crave thy most haughty pardon then imperiously come stir thyself man thou hast more below bring all up as the astounded porter turned he whispered to millthorpe is he safe shall i bring him oh certainly smiled millthorpe i'll look out for him he's never really dangerous when i'm present there go two trunks now followed with l t blurredly marked upon the ends is that all my man said pierre as the trunks were being put down before him well how much that moment his eyes first caught the blurred letters prepaid sir but no objection to more pierre stood mute and unmindful still fixedly eyeing the blurred letters his body contorted and one side drooping as though that moment half weighed down stricken with a paralysis and yet unconscious of the stroke his two companions momentarily stood motionless in those respective attitudes in which they had first caught sight of the remarkable change that had come over him but as if ashamed of having been thus affected millthorpe summoning a loud merry voice advanced toward pierre and tapping his shoulder cried wake up wake up my boy he says he is prepaid but no objection to more prepaid what's that go go and jabber to apes a curious young gentleman is he not said millthorpe lightly to the porter look you my boy i'll repeat he says he's prepaid but no objection to more ah take that then said pierre vacantly putting something into the porter's hand and what shall i do with this sir said the porter staring drink a health but not mine that were mockery with a key sir this is a key you gave me ah well you at least shall not have the thing that unlocks me give me the key and take this ay ay here's the chink thank ye sir thank ye this'll drink 
i ain't called a porter for nothing stout's the word twenty-one fifty-one is my number any jobs call on me do you ever cart a coffin my man said pierre upon my soul cried millthorpe gaily laughing if you ain't writing an inferno then but never mind porter this gentleman is under medical treatment at present you'd better ab you understand squatulate porter there my boy he's gone I understand how to manage these fellows there's a trick in it my boy an off-handed sort of what do you call it you understand the trick the trick the whole world's a trick know the trick of it all's right don't know all's wrong ha ha the porter's gone then said pierre calmly well mr millthorpe you will have the goodness to follow him rare joke admirable good morning sir ha ha and with his unruffleable hilariousness millthorpe quitted the room but hardly had the door closed upon him nor had he yet removed his hand from its outer knob when suddenly it swung half open again and thrusting his fair curly head within millthorpe cried by the way my boy i have a word for you you know that greasy fellow who has been dunning you so of late well be at rest there he's paid i was suddenly made flush yesterday regular flood tide you can return it any day you know no hurry that's all but by the way as you look as though you were going to have company here just send for me in case you want to use me any bedstead to put up or heavy things to be lifted about don't you and the women do it now mind that's all again adios my boy take care of yourself stay cried pierre reaching forth one hand but moving neither foot stay in the midst of all his prior emotions struck by these singular traits in millthorpe but the door was abruptly closed and singing fa la la millthorpe in his seedy coat went tripping down the corridor plus heart minus head muttered pierre his eyes fixed on the door now by heaven the god that made millthorpe was both a better and a greater than the god that made napoleon or byron plus head minus heart pa the brains grow maggoty without a heart but the heart's the preserving salt itself and can keep sweet without the head delhi sir my cousin miss tartan is coming here to live with us delhi that easel those trunks are hers good heavens coming here your cousin miss tartan yes i thought you must have heard of her and me but it was broken off delhi sir sir i have no explanation delhi and from you i must have no amazement my cousin mine my cousin miss tartan is coming to live with us the next room to this on the other side there is unoccupied that room shall be hers you must wait upon her too delhi certainly sir certainly i will do anything said delhi trembling but but does mrs glendendin does my mistress know this my wife knows all said pierre sternly i will go down and get the key of the room and you must sweep it out what is to be put into it sir said delhi miss tartan why she is used to all sorts of fine things rich carpets wardrobes mirrors curtains why 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 look said pierre touching an old rug with his foot here is a bit of carpet drag that into a room here is a chair put that in and for a bed ay ay he muttered to himself i have made it for her and she ignorantly lies on it now as made so lie o oh god hark my mistress is calling cried delhi moving toward the opposite room stay cried pierre grasping her shoulder if both called at one time from these opposite chambers and both were swooning which door would you first fly to the girl gazed at him uncomprehendingly and affrighted a moment and then said this one sir out of mere confusion perhaps putting her hand on isabel's latch it is well now go he stood in an intent unchanged attitude till delhi returned how is my wife now again startled by the peculiar emphasis placed on the magical word wife delhi who had long before this been occasionally struck with the infrequency of his using that term she looked at him perplexedly and said half unconsciously your wife sir ay is she not 
god grant that she be oh tis most cruel to ask that of poor poor delly sir tut for thy tears never deny it again then i swear to heaven she is with these wild words pierre seized his hat and departed the room muttering something about bringing the key of the additional chamber as the door closed on him delly dropped on her knees she lifted her head toward the ceiling but dropped it again as if tyrannically awed downward and bent it low over till her whole form tremulously cringed to the floor god that made me and that wast not so hard to me as wicked delly deserved god that made me i pray to thee ward it off from me if it be coming to me be not deaf to me these stony walls thou canst hear through them pity pity mercy my god if they are not married if i penitentially seeking to be pure am now but the servant to a greater sin than i myself committed then pity 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 o god that made me see me see me here what can delly do if i go hence none will take me in but villains if i stay then for stay i must and they be not married then pity 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 end of book twenty three